This week, we're going to be looking at the US Congress and how it's taking the UFO issue seriously and is about to hold hearings and is passing legislation to give whistleblower protections that extend to corporations and to punish companies by sanctioning them if they don't allow whistleblowers to reveal what's going on and if they don't disclose the full truth about what they're involved in. We're also going to be looking at the Anunnaki space operations. We're going to be looking at UFO psyops and much more. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Well, welcome to the fourth installment of Exopolitics Today, the week in review. So this is where we get to cover the news, the hot exopolitics topics that I touch upon in my Twitter feed, and I can go into depth into what is discussed in those uh, tweets. So I let's begin uh, by my uh, tweet on June 24, which was the last exopolitics today week in review. So we now move to what really has been quite a story, which is the uh, the U.S. Senate Intelligence Community uh, Committee approving its Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024 that gives legal amnesty to defense contractors working on alien spacecraft in violation of new law requiring reporting of unidentified anomalous phenomena. That's the, the current term that's used for UFOs. Uh, SAPs, that's Special Access Programs, to the Alden Main Anomaly Resolution Office. So what, what this uh, proposed bill does, it is currently, uh, it's passed unanimously in the uh, US Senate Intelligence Committee. And the Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024 is the bill that authorizes all the programs of the, I think it's 18, possibly 19 uh, agencies and departments that make up the intelligence community, both the, the Pentagon and the uh, civilian intelligence community. Now, this proposed bill, um, once once it's passed by the full Senate, um, it's then waits for the House of Representatives to vote on its Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024. And once they match the, the two houses' uh, proposed bill, then it'll go to the president for uh, signing, and then it becomes officially law. So what this bill proposes is this kind of very radical idea that the defense contractors uh, are going to be liable to, um, if they don't disclose anything that they know about non-Earth origin exotic materials, then they could be sanctioned. They can lose funding, which is which is a pretty big deal. You know, someone has really thought about this. Uh, this is the story that appeared in the Liberation Times, written by Christopher Christopher Sharp, and uh, he was the first to point out, or among the first to point out, that this uh, Intelligence Authorization Act uh, had this really 
important language concerning unidentified anomalous phenomena uh, or UFOs. So that's a that's a big deal. Now, others have picked up on this um, on this proposed legislation. Uh, let me just skip forward a little bit because I think this uh, takes us a little bit deeper into this uh, particular legislation. Uh, so this is on Douglas Dean Johnson, who um, gives a much more detailed explanation for what is going on with this uh, new UAP bill that was just passed by the Senate Intelligence Committee. So the Senate has six months to make it all available to Congress. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, the, the Senate um, makes uh, gives a six-month time limit for corporations. Once this bill is passed and becomes law, uh, corporations have six months to disclose everything that they know about exotic UAP materials. Uh, otherwise, they're going to face uh, sanctions. So uh, his uh, article goes into detail here on this proposed bill. And let's have a look at some of the things that he covers, which I think uh, is very helpful. So the the, the bill uh, talks about transmedium objects or devices. So it defines what they are. Uh, it defines the term unidentified phenomena, which includes airborne objects, transmedium objects or devices, so things that both go in the air and um, underwater. So this, this bill is really designed to get Congress um, briefed on exactly what it is that corporations are doing when it comes to these uh, SAP or special access programs that they're doing. So uh, this bill is uh, currently now making its way through the Senate. It will be voted on uh, by the full Senate eventually. And so then we wait to see what happens with the House of Representatives, whether they come up with uh, something identical or whether it'll be something uh, that kind of matches. So the question that people have about this is, you know, why now? Why, why is the US Congress suddenly passing a bill or in the verge of passing a bill that's going to punish contractors if they don't disclose what is going on as far as the UFO issue is concerned? That's, that's a very important question. Um, now, I was a guest on Redacted um, on, on, the, on Monday of last week, which would have been uh, June 26, and we got to go into depth into that into the bill. So here's here's the, the bill actually in the, the proposed Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024. So this is how it looks in the actual um, congressional uh, government website. And yeah, we, we kind of like, I just went over it previously. But uh, yeah, the Congress is giving corporations 90 days or up to three, up to six. So what do we have here? We have uh, 60 days uh, after the enactment of the bill. Uh, 
of the enactment of this bill, uh, the director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office has to be notified exactly what is going on in that corporation. And not later than 180 days later, so six months after the passage of the bill, all material relating to that special access program needs to be passed on to the director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. So what this bill does is that it makes the director of the All Domain Resolution Office, that currently that's uh, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, a kind of UFO czar. He is like he is like the the kingpin in terms of getting information from whistleblowers and from corporations that relate to UAPs, uh, that relate to UFOs, and and then he makes the decision how much of that is to be released into the public arena and and how much of that he's going to report to Congress, and and so that's that's the rub. That's the that's the key part of this process is all of this is predicated on the idea that the All Domain Anomalous Resolution Office is going to be on the side of transparency and putting things out to the public. Uh, but as we've seen so far, that hasn't been exactly the case. Uh, the, the director, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, has been pretty parsimonious in, in exactly how much he has revealed about whistleblowers who have come up so far. We, we do know from this David Grush whistleblower that he did go and did give a briefing to uh, Sean Kirkpatrick about his claims as, as to what's being covered up or what's being conducted in these special access programs. But Dr Kirkpatrick didn't give any suggestion when he has uh, been giving briefings or news um, or attending news conferences that there's anything like this happening. So, so far, what we have is whistleblowers like David Grush saying that they have spoken to high-level people within the bureaucracy, within corporations, within the Pentagon, who have direct knowledge that there are reverse engineering programs happening right now in these special access programs that have in their possession exotic material, off-world material, extraterrestrial uh, debris. So uh, he has made it known that he has spoken to Kirkpatrick, but none of that has been revealed. So that's going to be the big key, is how much of this is going to be revealed uh, by this all-domain resolution office once whistleblowers and corporations start revealing. Now, I think this is where you're going to have a lot of pressure, a, a lot of kind of like Congress leaning on this all-domain anomaly resolution office to to share its intelligence or to share what it's what it's found in its investigations. And and so far, uh, the, the, there's. Each year there will be one uh, report and and two briefings to Congress by the director, uh, Sean Kirkpatrick, on the UAP, UAP phenomenon. So this is where all of this information 
assuming that whistleblowers and corporations share everything that they've been doing on exotic reverse engineering programs and it goes to this all domain resolution office that's when there's a kind of waiting period where you have to wait for Dr. Kirkpatrick to actually appear before Congress um, at these hearings to schedule the year and to put it in his report. And if he doesn't, well, then we're not going to know about it. All right, so uh, let me now move on to an, another story. Uh, this is a very interesting development uh, that I covered. Uh, this concerns Dave Rossi, who is an alternative uh, technology scientist, inventor, and and he found out something very interesting in his consultations with uh, top scientists involved in these breakthrough technology projects. Uh, one of the things about Dave Rossi that I was able to confirm was that he really is involved in correspondence with some top-level scientists. So, you know, he's not just someone who comes up with a tall story and doesn't give any evidence. He's, he's shown me the evidence. He's shown me the correspondence he's had with some of these uh, top scientists who I know. And you have it there that they are corresponding with him on these exotic or breakthrough technology projects. He's also got at least two patents that he's applied for, and I've seen the patent applications. So he, he truly has undergone a remarkable transformation from being a, a plumber to someone who had extraterrestrial contact, and then all of a sudden it's like uh, he's, everything within his brain fired up, and he's now uh, becoming an expert on these breakthrough uh, technology uh, inventions or devices. He understands the the physics behind it and the mathematics behind it. So what he was told, which was very interesting, was that he was told that Elena Danan, who is um, a, an a former archaeologist from France uh, who has become more popularly known because of her extraterrestrial contacts, that she's been monitored and stigmatized in a deep state psychological operation tied to a major aerospace company. So that's that was that was a very important development because it identified what Rossi did was that he bravely identified this company, the Aerospace Corporation, which is a major company involved in these breakthrough technology projects, that they are actually running uh, a deep surveillance program. And also, they are running a PSYOP to stigmatize and discredit Elena Dinan and others working with her. So that's very, very interesting. Now, you know, Dave Rossi, that was his claim. And as I said, I think he's a very credible person. But there's a document here that I covered uh, a few years ago on uh, exopolitics.org, and that is the, the leaked NSA document uh, that it, one of the NSA documents that Edward Snowden uh, leaked. And this document talked about how the NSA is working with its Five Eyes partners in Britain, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, of course, the NSA is a US intelligence 
uh, organization and uh, how it is conducting online deception programs. Um, so here's here's a quote from a story uh, that Greenwald put out uh, that was titled how, how Covert Agents Infiltrate the Internet to Manipulate, Deceive, and Destroy Reputations. Okay, so we know that the that the Five Eyes Nations, the intelligence community, including GCHQ, which the which is the British equivalent of the NSA, that they quote, again, I'll read it out, how covert agents infiltrate the internet to manipulate, deceive, and destroy reputations. So that's exactly what Dave Rossi said is happening with Elena Denard. So this, this uh, story uh, that was released by Glenn uh, Greenwald quite a few years ago, uh, it goes on. Glenn Greenwald in his story writes, quote, these GCHQ documents are the first to prove that a major Western government is using some of the most controversial techniques to disseminate deception online and harm the reputations of targets. Exactly what Rossi said. Under the tactics they use, the state is deliberately spreading lies on the internet about whichever individual it targets, including the use of what uh, the government communication headquarters, that's GCHQ, itself calls false flag operations. So the intelligence community by the of the Five Eyes Nations do conduct online deception programs, and and one and in this document that was released uh, by Edward Snowden and and covered in the uh, Greenwald uh, article, there's photos of UFOs that UFOs are part of these online deception programs. So there, to me, is powerful corroborating evidence that you do have. Um, Major nations, uh, the English-speaking nations in particular, the, the Five Eyes nations, that they are cooperating on online deception programs. And so that is very significant in terms of what Elena Denan um, is experiencing right now. And uh, as I said, uh, Dave, Dave Rossi is saying that this is what is going on. Okay, so here's... Um, something that was uh, quite a development. Um, now, one of the people that has been in the center stage of discrediting and attacking uh, Elena Danan is this uh, person, Ishmael Perez. And Ishmael Perez, uh, what got my attention about him early on was that he came up, he came out and saying that um, Elena Danan had been murdered, had been murdered, and that a clone, and later he backtracked and said a, a droid was now had replaced her and was putting out her it was putting out that information that was was wrong. And he also was saying that uh, Enlil uh, from the ancient Sumerian records uh, was the good guy, and Enki was the deceiver, was the the bad guy. So, um, so that was something that kind of like um, got my attention that this 
person, Ishmael Perez, is putting out this information because, one, I speak to Elena Danan regularly and certainly would have known if she had been killed and replaced by a droid. So it was a ridiculous statement to make, but he did make it. Um, and second, uh, to say that Enki was the bad guy uh, in, in Anunnaki history flies in the face of historical documents that go back thousands of years. And virtually every major researcher that I've interviewed who's talked about the Sumerian records identifies Enlil as the, the badass brother. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, he was the space commander. He was the guy that was in charge of the Anunnaki space fleets. So he was he was badass in terms of, well, if you if you're not if you don't do what's expected, then uh, you, you, he had all the weapons to um, you know, bring people to heal. Uh, whereas his brother, Enki, half-brother, uh, he was the geneticist. He was the scientist. He was the alchemist. So he was uh, much, pretty much attached to his genetic experiments. So, um, so yeah, Ishmael Perez got it wrong. Uh, but uh, here uh, what we have is a video clip uh, where Ishmael Perez... Well, I just wanted to point out that me and Alex Lawyer... Uh, listen to this. Right. So, yeah, he reached out to me about a month ago. Well, through a mutual friend, we both kind of reached out to each other. I was informed that, um, you know, he never really wanted to take sides. But once he figured out the other person and how I was right, he decided to kind of fix things with me. Okay. All right. So there you, there you get this claim by Ishmael Perez. So how does Alex Collier, a, who's been around uh, since uh, 1990, over 30 years now, working in this field, how does he respond to this claim by Ishmael Perez? Let's listen to some of his uh, uh, Alex's uh, response. I won't play the whole thing, but you'll, you'll get a, a sense of what's going on. That has to be dealt with. Now, we don't talk about other speakers, okay? Sadly, I have to make an exception to this. There is a particular speaker, Ismael Perez, who has trashed all of us since he appeared out of nowhere as the king of Lyra and the commander of the, the Lyra base armada and um and he's, he's worked me over pretty well well i had a conversation with raw potter that i wanted to if i had the ability to come out there to shasta which is this weekend and confront him physically because i'm just so sick of this bullshit and Rob being the consummate diplomat that he always is, and I've known Rob many, many years, and I really love and respect Rob. He said, look, I'll get this guy on the phone because he's coming to my conference and you guys can just have a conversation. And we did. He apologized to me. Now, Rob Potter set up this conversation. Okay? Rob Potter set this up and he was on the conversation. It was three or four minutes, and Ishmael apologized 
or the trash talk. And, you know, I just said, look, dude, you got to focus on the mission. You know, if you're here to do the mission, focus on the mission. To share your information, not everybody's going to agree and it doesn't matter. The information, the frequency of it will resonate to specific people. And that was the conversation. Okay. Well, he did an interview, Ishmael Perez, with Catherine Edwards. And it's called Unpacking the Interaction of AI and Instant Manifestation. If you go to that interview, I, 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 don't, I didn't know anything about Catherine until just a few minutes ago. To, to 24 minutes, 25 seconds. He goes on to say that we're good, that we're friends and that we've worked it out and that I've, you know, I think his information's good. Ladies and gentlemen, none of that was ever talked about and none of that is true. None of that is true. Okay, well, I'm going to leave it there. I think if you wanted to uh, watch the full response by uh, Alex, then uh, you can just go to my Twitter feed and you'll see the, the link to that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there you have it. There is clearly um, an effort by people, uh, including Ishmael Perez, to, to really discredit uh, Elena Danan. And so uh, why is that? Why would there be this effort to discredit this one person? Well, I mean, since I got involved in this field uh, of exopolitics, there's been a lot of trash talk. I mean, it's kind of like the one constant is that you're going to be trash talk. I mean, if you're going to come out and say things about extraterrestrial contact or you're going to be writing articles, you know, there people are going to, some people are going to love what you do. Some people are going to hate what you do. And so you're going to get a lot of criticism, a lot of trash talk. That 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 happens. But what I found very interesting is, is that there was a coordinated campaign to target Elena Danan, uh, and, and that happened pretty much soon after this uh, uh, this gentleman, Ishmael Perez, uh, came out on the scene saying that she had been murdered and replaced by a droid. And he was given prominence um, across the internet. Many video platforms were giving him a lot of exposure. And, and so was that just a chance or was that in any way related to... Uh, what Dave Rossi said about this uh, campaign by the Aerospace Corporation, which does work with the intelligence community, and, of, of course, with what we know of the Five Eyes Nations being involved in online covert deception programs. So so definitely that's something to, to keep in mind. All right, so let's uh, move on. Um, I did a webinar uh, last Saturday uh, on super soldiers and ascended masters, and... Uh, the first 30 minutes of that webinar uh, have been released, so you can go to my YouTube channel and just watch the first 30 minutes. And if you want to watch the whole thing, then it's the whole thing is recorded on uh, Vimeo, Crowdcast, and, and Brideon. Now, what I would say about this topic, I think it's a very important topic because uh, the, the super soldier topic is, is one that is uh, going to become much more prominent as we 
enter into a post-disclosure world. Because this, you know, what we're seeing with uh, the U.S. Congress passing bills, authorizing corporations to reveal everything that they know about uh, UFOs, otherwise they're going to lose their funding, that uh, Congress is giving whistleblowers protection to come forward and talk about these issues. So I think one year from now, when this bill comes into effect, you know, the, the, the Achilles heel has always been the funding for corporations. And as long as they got that funding, you know, they would be, they would be, they would play along with whatever the secrecy provisions were in place. But now that that funding is being is being threatened, that corporations you can expect are going to be much more forthcoming, and with more whistleblowers coming forward. So I think we, we, over the next twelve months, we're just going to see much more uh, being disclosed by whistleblowers on these uh, reverse engineering programs being conducted in corporations. So disclosure is coming. And what's going to happen on the other side of disclosure? That's where this topic of super soldiers and ascended masters comes in. The, the super soldiers, because there's going to be a, a lot of pressure on people uh, to adapt, to deal with uh, all of the pressures of life in a post-disclosure world where contact with extraterrestrials becomes commonplace. and being in the presence of extraterrestrials is is going to create a certain dynamic, and and, it, and humans that have not prepared in some way, um, and, and in my webinar I, I went through the different ways people can prepare. You know, going from you know there's you know um, neuro linguistic programming to kind of like uh, mind control things, uh, biological enhancements technological enhancements, um, and then the more organic process like developing gamma brainwave uh, capacity because that seems to be a key for being able to access these advanced technologies that extraterrestrials use and, and the ancient technologies that are found all over the planet. And then there's the ascended masters. There's uh, that other track of of being able to develop higher states of consciousness so that you can deal with these pressures in a post-disclosure world uh, in a way where it doesn't overwhelm you. So uh, I, I would definitely recommend people take a look at that webinar because it's going to present you a number of choices or pathways to to what can be done. Okay, so we already uh, discussed the language in the um, in that uh, Intelligence Authorization Act. I already covered that. Okay, now this was interesting. This was a story, uh, confirmation from Senator Marco Rubio that multiple whistleblowers with high security clearances have given testimony about alien spacecraft being studied in special access programs. While the official disclosure will start off as a limited hangout, hangout it will never nevertheless grow into something far more profound as people wake up to ET reality. So it's very interesting that Senators Marco Rubio and Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, that they're taking the lead in proposing uh, these legislation, this new legislation, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024, 
um, back in 2022, it was uh, Rubio and Gillibrand that were behind uh, the uh, whistleblower protection for UAPs that was in the 2023 Intelligence Authorization Act. So why why are they doing this? Why is Marco Rubio and Kirsten Gillibrand doing this? Well, um, you might say, while they're doing this, uh, here's the article. Um, uh, that's the article that was uh, published in on uh, June 20, 27 on Newsweek. So uh, Marco Rubio is taking the lead, and he is saying that uh, there are several whistleblowers who have come forward and given cl- uh, shared information to the Senate Intelligence uh, Committee with information on these uh, programs, and that these people are very credible. And and Rubio identified one of these people as uh, David Grush. Now, in the in this article, uh, he says, "quote Frankly, a lot of them are very fearful." The, the Republican senators said, "Fearful of their jobs, fearful of their clearances, fearful of their career." Similarly, others involved in the investigation have been guarded about the details of the probe. So, what Rubio is saying is that these whistleblowers that have gone to Congress to share what they know about these UIP uh, projects, these special access programs, they are fearful. They're, they're frightened. And, and, that's, and that's very important because that tells us that these are very serious people. And one of the people that appeared before this uh, committee, uh, headed by Rubio, or where Rubio, I think, is the minority uh, leader, is David Grush. Okay, so uh, here's another thing I'll read out. Uh, There are people who have come forward to share information with our committee over the last couple of weeks, Rubio said on Monday, adding in reference to Grush. I would imagine some of them are potentially some of the same people perhaps he's referring to. So David Grush, when he originally came out and said in a... uh, article that was published in the debrief, he said that he had spoken to a number of people within the intelligence community, uh, within the defense, uh, within uh, in the Pentagon, who had information about UAPs being reverse engineered. And so he heard this. So he's saying that he has himself not seen these devices personally himself, but he's spoken to credible people who have. So he then reported that on, he reported that to uh, different committee, uh, different inspector generals. He says that he first reported that to the inspector general for the Pentagon and was punished. And, And so then he went to the inspector general for the intelligence community. And that's when, uh, things began to happen. So, um, And so David Grush has gone forward and talked to the Senate, spoken to the committee that Rubio has attended, along with some of the others that Rubio speculates 
uh, were the same people that Rubio had uh, talked to. So Rubio said, quote, I will say I find most of these people at some point or maybe even currently have held high clearances and high positions within our government. So you do ask yourself, what incentive, what would incentivize, would incentivize so many people with that kind of qualification have to come forward and make something up? So he's saying that these whistleblowers who have come forward These whistleblowers that that have come forward, uh, that they are very credible with high security clearances, and so he's asking the question: Well, why why would they why would they do this? Why would they make things up that would threaten their careers? And you know, I think the answer most of us would come up with is: Well, credible people, professional people, wouldn't do this. That would be something that. Uh, would be contrary to their to their interests. So I think uh, w- what we have is Senator Rubio, Senator Gillibrand, and others are uh, hearing these whistleblowers come in, give debriefings in closed doors to the Congress about what they've experienced, and and that has kind of incentivized the Senate to actually put out uh, legislation like this 2024 Intelligence Authorization Act, which goes a step further than the previous year. In the previous year, the Intelligence Authorization Act gave protection to whistleblowers. For 2024, they're going to go a step beyond that and now mandate that corporations share anything that they know about UAPs uh, with this all-domain anomaly resolution office. Otherwise, the corporations will lose funding. So I return to the question, why why would they do this? Why would they do that? Um, okay, now we can move to my interview on Redacted where I actually address that question. So I did a interview with uh, Clayton Morris on Redacted about the Senate Intelligence Committee passing a bill imposing financial penalties on companies that don't disclose their involvement in classified SAP programs. So I've already covered that. So some huge developments. So you can you can watch that uh, clip. It goes for sixteen minutes on Redacted. Now on this question of who benefits by the Senate passing this legislation. I I think, you know, when we look at the way in which our special access programs, uh, the ET cover-up has been conducted, there's there's three main lobby groups, three main kind of like corporate cartels that are behind the secrecy system. One is uh, the oil industry, probably the oldest of them all. Uh, the second is the pharmaceutical industry. And the third is the military-industrial complex. Now, with this technology being released, with this advanced ET technology that's being studied and reverse-engineered in the lab- in the laboratories of different corporations, with that being released, what's going to happen is that 
the oil industry is going to it's going to vanish because there's going to be new energy systems because there's no way you can power craft that are capable of interstellar travel using rocket fuel uh, and space medicine uh, they they're not going to give these um, pharmaceutical products to people that are going to be out in deep space performing missions for months or years even. Uh, pharmaceuticals just won't do it. You can't treat these things. I mean, space space travel and work on, on space facilities is very challenging. And we know from insiders, whistleblowers that have come forward, that secret space programs use med beds. They use holographic healing technologies. These are the the kind of advanced healing technologies that have been suppressed by the pharmaceutical industry for well over a century now. So definitely the pharmaceutical industry isn't going to benefit. Definitely the oil industry isn't going to benefit by this legislation coming forward, which explains the pushback. You know, so who is the big beneficiary? It's going to be the military-industrial complex, because who's going to build the space carriers for Space Force and U.S. Space Command? Who's going to build the space fighters? Who's going to build the advanced uh, facilities on the moon and on uh, on Mars and on the asteroid belt and the moons of Jupiter? It's going to be uh, corporations uh, that are associated with the military-industrial complex that are very knowledgeable about building uh, military facilities. So the military-industrial complex, I think, is really what is pushing people like Rubio and Gillibrand and other members of Congress to rush out this legislation, to push, to push this out, because they stand to benefit the most. And I, I, I think... While you can have, well, the important thing to keep in mind is that this bill that was passed by the uh, Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, this Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024, that was unanimous. So Democrats and Republicans lined up in support of that. And that unanimity came from the fact that the military-industrial complex wants this to come out because Space Command... Space Force, everyone within the military intelligence community knows that this is the future. This is where all the future challenges are going to come uh, for the United States and for the planet Earth. And it's going to be big time space competition with China and Russia. So they want to start pouring funds and money into building uh, these space fleets. Uh, another big loser is going to be the CIA and the National Reconnaissance Office because up until recently, they have been the ones that have benefited from the, the very limited procurements or construction of spacecraft um, or, or these reverse-engineered spacecraft because the, in, in the United States, the secret space programs were not funded that well and the intelligence community would would take the lion's share of what the corporations would would be putting out and using them for their own covert operations. Well, now with 
the creation of Space Force and Space Command, uh, you actually have space being regarded as a new uh, warfighting domain. So that means that is where a lot of resources are going to go from now on. So space has shifted from being a benign de- domain where the Pentagon just had a you know very little presence, um, and up until 2019 there was no uh, space command. There was no space force. Uh, but now both exist because space is, has been redefined as this warfighting domain. And so lots of funds are going to be shifted into this. So I think that helps explain the big funding or the big push to have uh, Congress push this legislation. Now, now some of it might be related to um, uh, white hats wanting to get the information out. Uh, some of it is also related to uh, black hats wanting to prepare people for a false flag alien event uh, where they now ratchet up uh, the kind of like the fear levels of people and make out that space aliens are a big threat. So, yeah, the military-industrial complex is the big winner. So let's um, move on here. Okay, so here's an article that I tweeted talking about open Senate hearings with David Grush and more UIP UFO whistleblowers would be a big event drawing in legacy media to cover claims of classified reverse engineering projects of off-world vehicles. So, and I asked the question, powerful groups are behind this initiative to have whistleblowers come before uh, the US Senate where people like David Grush and others can reveal what they have been told in these open Senate hearings, which which is going to be quite remarkable. I mean, that'll be an amazing thing. Uh, so this uh, writer, journalist, uh, Matt Laszlo, he was the first to reveal this. Uh, so there, there is this attempt to schedule hearings uh, with David Grush, and they're going to try and get some of the others that he has identified. So this is going to take it to another another level now. Uh, We don't have to wait for this Intelligence Authorization Act to be passed and and then taken effect in 2024. We don't have to wait for uh, Sean Kirkpatrick to give another uh, another briefing to Congress or to deliver his historical review because that's one of the things that he is working on as, as part of his responsibility now with Congress is that he is putting together a report on UFO sightings going all the way back to 1945. So that's so that's something people are waiting for. But this this is going to take things to another level. That that if there are open hearings held in the U.S. Senate, where David Grush and others answer questions from senators about exactly what's been happening in the programs. This is something that has never happened before in in Congress, to actually have uh, witnesses talk firsthand about what is going on. Um, I mean, the the, the hearing that was held in Congress last year, you just had some Defense Department uh, uh, spokespersons kind of like pretty much talking down the UAP phenomenon as... Uh, something that's just 
begun in terms of serious investigation. But now you will have hearings where the whistleblowers get to talk and people get to hear them firsthand. And, and this is this is really quite a big, big development. And I think that if these hearings do go ahead, it's going to really kind of accelerate the disclosure process very, very quickly. Now, why is this happening? Uh, as I said, I think the military industrial complex wants to fast track their procurement process. They want to fast track their funding for building fleets of spacecraft. Uh, this will be a big boon for them. Uh, it'll also be, there'll be major benefits for the general public because uh, these advanced propulsion and energy technologies will be released, uh, as well as advanced healing technologies. So the pharmaceutical industry, the uh, petroleum industry, they're going to be the big losers. But uh, yeah, you'll have the you'll have the military industrial complex winning. But there'll be some uh, positive things evolving out of that as well for for us in the general public. And so here uh, in another story, uh, the interview that came out on on Thursday was with Michael Challenger, who has been uh, working for a couple of decades now on understanding these advanced stone technologies found in southern Africa. He believes that these are all remnants of the Anunnaki space operations or Anunnaki mining operations that were conducted on, on Earth. And so he's relying on this kind of empirical evidence that he's found in southern Africa in terms of rock formations. He's found certain geometries. He's found rocks giving off a particular energy reading. Um, he's found ancient mines in South Africa, which corroborate the accounts in the Sumerian cuneiform texts about the Anunnaki starting mining operations in Africa. And and so his his work is uh, a, a very good example of of how there are re researchers out there that are trying to validate some of this literature concerning the Anunnaki with uh, real life events that we see out there. So he uh, definitely uh, worth watching that uh, particular interview. So that's uh, the Michael. Tellinger interview, uh, and now uh, here we have Congressman Mike Gallagher, and let's look at this. Okay, so Congressman Mike Gallagher, he's another one of these people within the U.S. Congress which has been particularly outspoken on the UFO issue. Now, you know, I want you to just kind of juxtapose that. When I first got involved in 2001 uh, in this uh, exopolitics field, I soon learned that there were people in Congress uh, that were wanting to get this information out about the UFO cover-up. I mean, there, there was the Disclosure Project press conference that Stephen Greer organized in, in May of 2001, and, and I watched that, watched the recording of that. And I found out the names of some of these congressmen, and and what I was told was that these congressmen were very much in favour of getting this information out, but they had been threatened. They had been intimidated into silence. People, uh, mysterious men in black, 
came up to them in their offices and said to them, look, you've got a promising career. If you talk about this UFO issue, uh, your career will be at an end. If you stop talking about it, your career will flourish. So that's what happened. There was, there's one particular congressman uh, from Texas. I won't name him, uh, but I know of him. Uh, he was one of these people that wanted to disclose what was going on, but he was silenced. But because he shut up, he was then promoted to become the uh, the chair of an influential um, House committee. So back in the day, back 20 years ago, that's what would happen. People would be intimidated into silence and to not talk about the UFO issue. Now you contrast that today. You know, you've got Senator uh, Gillibrand, Rubio that are putting out a lot of uh, information that are trying to drive the process forward to get legislation out there, to give whistleblowers protection, to force corporations to disclose everything they know about UAPs. Uh, you you have uh, members of Congress like uh, Mike Gallagher and uh, Timothy. Um, there's a congressman from the state of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee. His name escapes me at the moment. Uh, but he, he they are... Tim Burchett, Tim Burchett. So Tim Burchett, Mike Gallagher, they are two outspoken members of Congress of the, of the House of Representatives that are wanting to get the information out there. So, yeah, they, they want transparency, and, and so they are really pushing for this. So, so that's very, very encouraging. So you can just go and, and watch uh, this, this interview uh, that... Uh, happened with uh, Congressman Gallagher on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, he has a very popular podcast, uh, a former footballer, uh, Gridiron, uh, and uh, uh, Gridiron commentator, football commentator. I don't know why you why Americans call it football. I mean, you hold the ball most of the time. I mean, it, in, in Europe, uh, soccer, I mean, isn't that football? They're kicking it around all the time. But anyway, so this Mike, uh, uh, this, uh, Mike Gallagher, he appeared on the Pat McAfee show uh, where they discussed uh, what Gallagher knows about this UFO cover-up. So I, I think overall uh, there has been a lot of positive developments on the UFO front. Uh, as, as far as my sources are concerned, uh, uh, JP, Elena Danan, uh, Jean-Charles Moyen, Alex Collier, a few others, uh, we are still getting reports of things that are happening behind the scenes concerning the uh, ET fleets, the Cedar ships, uh, the space arcs. I have a new uh, report from JP that will be released probably uh, this coming Thursday, where he gets to talk about time travel. Uh, he was taken to a military facility where there were extraterrestrials there helping in a time travel program. And he talks about how there were kind of four different errors that could be accessed through this time travel technology. So uh, I also will be releasing an interview probably on Monday with Tony Rodriguez, where we discuss his latest uh, book project, Star Maker, where he talks about participating in a project, an extraterrestrial project, 
during his secret space program stint uh, where there was a star that was built so he talks about the body that he, he inhabited so kind of really amazing stuff so uh, that's what's coming out on monday and thursday the jp uh, update comes out so if you want to keep up to date with my uh, twitter feed then just go to twitter forward slash uh, michael sala and subscribe to the twitter feed and you'll get it all before um, i get to discuss it all again in next week's week in review so thank you for watching don't forget to uh, like and subscribe uh, to this uh, uh, to the channel that you're watching this on so thank you and aloha you have been listening to exopolitics today with dr michael sala please remember to like share and subscribe to this channel join or start a conversation in the comments Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com.